Welcome to Understanding the Law. Your host for the program is Peter Lamont. Mr. Lamont is a business and personal law attorney and the principal of the law offices of Peter J. Lamont. The firm has offices in New Jersey, New York, Colorado, Puerto Rico, and affiliated offices throughout the country. Understanding the Law is a weekly radio broadcast discussing a variety of legal topics that affect our listeners. Please note that this broadcast does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship with any of our listeners. As always, we welcome calls from our listeners. If you wish to discuss any of today's topics, please call our switchboard at 347-855-8831. And now, your host, Peter Lamont. Good morning and welcome to episode 56. Today we're going to be talking about religious freedom in America. Um, scheduled to be on the show is Lucian Greaves, a representative from the Satanic Temple. Uh, as of right now, he has not called in. So we are going to discuss this topic without him and see if perhaps he calls in later. Uh, but before we get going, I want to thank today's sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by TriggerSmart, inventors of the patented childproof RFID smart gun. For more information about TriggerSmart, please visit them online at www.triggersmart.com. So we're going to move forward, as I said, and today we're going to talk about religious freedom in America. Now, this show is uh, going to be much less about religion as opposed to our constitution, state constitutions, uh, and the establishment clause. So I want to bring you up to speed with what was going on in Oklahoma. So around uh, 2010, 11, 12, there were discussions about uh, permitting a Ten Commandments statue to be erected at the state capitol on state land. And it was fabricated and placed along the perimeter of the state capitol in an area quite visible and, again, on state-owned land. And it's important to understand here that while that doesn't seem to be a bad thing, the Establishment Clause, which is part of the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States, says that, and I'll, I'll quote this, it says, that Congress shall make no laws respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. So that goes back to what we've always we've heard about, not just in law school, but in everyday society, the separation of church and state. So the idea being that religion should be separate from government, and that government should have no control over religion in any way. And that's good for people who are religious and doesn't make a difference what religion you are. You want to be sure that you've got your religious freedom and that it's not made part of the state. But the flip side of that is that the state should have no law-making power with respect to religion. And that would include, in essence, creating some sort of law that says, hey, you can erect a statue on our state property. Uh, the Establishment Clause also says, in addition to the prohibition of interference, for lack of a better term, 
between the state and religion. It also prohibits government action that unduly favors one religion over another. And the idea, going way back to when the First Amendment was created, the idea was to maintain separation between government, between the state, and religion, and allow people the religious freedom that they deserve here in America to practice in any way that they feel necessary, and to prohibit the government from siding with or favoring one religion over another. And that's why if you you see this at at the holidays a lot, Um, there might be a town that has put up, let's say, a menorah, and they've not put up a Christmas tree or vice versa. And one group will get angry with the fact that they were allowed to have their religious symbol placed, but you know, or the other, the other um, denomination or the other religion was able to have their uh, symbol placed, but not you know, the, the person who was petitioning. And, and we see it all the time. And that's why at the holidays you drive through towns and you either see a menorah, Kwanzaa symbol, and some sort of Christmas symbol, or you see nothing because the Establishment Clause clearly sets forth the ability or lack of ability that the government has to interfere in any way with religion. And, you know, you see lawsuits pop up every single year, even if they're small municipal lawsuits or small claims court or, you know, whatever uh, your lower level court is in your particular state. You see it all the time. Hey, it's not fair. Uh, This town has a Christmas tree and no menorah. You see it all the time. Well, this is that same argument, but on a much grander scale, and it has attracted far greater media attention than anything that has happened locally. So going back to the story of Oklahoma, they allowed the Ten Commandments to be built and placed on state land, and they opened up in an effort to avoid uh, the unduly favoring one religion over another Uh, portion of the Establishment Clause, they opened it up for bids so that other religions and other denominations could place their statue or symbol on the property as well. And, you know, some mainstream religions, uh, Judaism and um, some other Christian groups, they wanted to have some sort of representation in the state capital as well. But what happened, and what's interesting is that the Satanic Temple put in an application to build and erect a statue of um, one of their their symbols. It's not Satan. Um, I'm, I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing it right. I believe it's um, Baphomet, something like that. But essentially, it is a human body with a ram or goat's head And he is sitting on a throne, uh, so you can essentially sit on his lap if you wanted to. And he's got children on either side of him, and then a pentagram behind him. So that's the statue that they wanted to have placed at the Oklahoma Capitol. And once the state received the application, they immediately um, put a freeze on all further applications because they didn't know how to deal with this. Now, coupled with the fact that you're in the Bible Belt, and here they are faced with uh, Satan wanting to 
you know, join the party in the Oklahoma Capitol. So what do they do? They just shut it all down. And now you're left with the Ten Commandments and no representation from other religious groups. And what do you do with the Satanists? I was hoping that Lucian would call in. Obviously, he has not. One of the things that I was going to talk to him about is that if you go to the Satanic Temple's website, and remember, this isn't about religion. I'm not a Satanist, and, uh, you know, quite honestly, I'm a Christian, and I have my beliefs, and I, you know, do my thing with respect to my religion. But this show is not about religion. It's about the law. So today, for today's purposes, there's no judgment. It's just a matter of let's look at the law. So the Satanic groups, this um, Satanic temple, and I don't know if it's a larger faction of other Satanic groups or if it's a completely separate uh, sort of church or, or area of worship uh, than others throughout the country, I don't know. But the point here is that this group, who fit, in essence, the definition of an organized religion, right, which is very vague and, and overbroad to begin with, they seem to have a fairly decent argument with respect to their desire to place the statute at the Oklahoma City Capitol, or the Oklahoma State Capitol. Um, Greaves is quoted in one article of, as saying this, where the separation of church and state is respected, the Satanic Temple will never move to revise the laws to allow a monument of theirs to stand on its own. Our monument is explicitly meant to complement and contrast the Ten Commandments monument. While it may be best if religious monuments are left off state property, when the situation arises that the state breaks down the separation of church and state, it is best that a multiplicity of religious voices are represented, rather than allowing one group to apparently co-opt the power and authority of the capital. Now, this is interesting from a legal standpoint. Again, put aside your religious beliefs. It makes no difference for this discussion. Um, he makes a good point, and he's essentially arguing that second portion of the Establishment Clause, which says that government is prohibited from favoring one religion over another. Now, the ACLU, of course, this is something that they would get involved in. It just screams ACLU, doesn't it? Well, they file a lawsuit. And this is back in 2013, August 19, 2013. This lawsuit is filed. Uh, the name of the case is Bruce Prescott versus the Oklahoma Capital Preservation Commission. And it's a complaint and petition for declaratory judgment and injunctive relief. And they run through the facts concerning the Ten Commandments. They don't even address the statue of... Uh, well, we're just going to call it a statue, of, a statue of Satan to make it easy for me because I can't pronounce the word. I'm not sure what the goat man is, but we're going to call it a statue of Satan. This complaint, this petition, argues that the Ten Commandments should be removed. And they state as one of their causes of action violation of Oklahoma's state constitution, which mandates that no public money or property shall ever be appropriated, applied, donated, or used directly or indirectly for the use, benefit, or support of any sect, church, denomination, or system of religion, or for the use, benefit, or support of any priest, preacher, minister, 
or other religious teacher or dignitary or secretarian institution as such. So you've got the state constitution, which clearly establishes separation of church and state. You've got the U.S. Constitution establishing the same separation. And yet you've got this monument of the Ten Commandments on the state capitol. So Greaves raises a good point when you look at an application of the law only. It's very hard to see from a legal standpoint how the Ten Commandments can be allowed to stand at the state capitol while no other religion or religious sect can have any representation. And that does not mean that I want to see the statue of the goat man on the capitol. But if you look at the constitutional elements of this and the separation of church and state, well, it certainly seems to make sense that you should not be permitted to put the Ten Commandments or any other religious symbol on state property. And I think that part of of what Greaves said in, in the quote that I read you earlier, I think part of that shows the fact that this is almost meant as a, um, a protest, in a sense. While they have built the statue, I think they've raised something to the tune of like $20,000 to build the statue. Uh, I've seen pictures of it. Goatman looks like he was professionally done. And, and so they're serious about the statue, but I think from what Greaves has said in, in this article and other articles, that it's really meant as a, a form of protest to say, hey, look, if you're going to have one religion identified and promoted in a sense on the state capital, then ours should be as well, because if you don't, you're violating the First Amendment and the Constitution of Oklahoma. You know, to further that argument that I'm making, the Church of Satan uh, is located, or the Satanic Temple is located in New York City, and they're not fighting that same fight in New York City. This is limited to Oklahoma. So I think that really this is a, we're here to prove a point, and, you know, you're either going to pull the Ten Commandments from the state to maintain the separation of church and state, or you're going to put Goatman on the Capitol. Uh, I think that you're dealing with Oklahoma, Bible Belt. I think that the chances of having a satanic symbol or statue in the Capitol is never going to happen. As a matter of fact, there are people in the government who have been quoted as saying, this is Oklahoma. This will never be permitted. But then how do you get around the acceptance of the Ten Commandments? You really can't. And again, you know, I, I believe the Ten Commandments are they're, you know, a tenet of my religion. Uh, Ten Commandments are part of Judaism. And so I think the overwhelming majority of Christians and, and Jews would be accepting and welcoming of the Ten Commandments. But if you apply it to a legal argument, it cannot be permitted to stand. So what's the simple solution to all of this and what's taking so long well the simple solution is remove the ten commandments they should not be on state property just because that's what the establishment clause says not because i don't believe that there should be religious symbols anywhere so 
with respect to the Satanic Temple and what they're trying to do, you know, I, I can see the legal argument. As a matter of fact, there's another group out there. Um, it's called the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. And it's more of a satirical group. Very limited members. But again, they do things like, hey, I want to put you know, a statue of the Flying Spaghetti Monster here or there, simply again to prove their point. Uh, it, it's more of an atheistic religion, if you will. You use the term religion very lightly. Um, <clears throat> but it's, it's really meant to to make a point. Now, this could go on and on and on and spin off into a hundred arguments concerning prayers at, at, at school and the um, you know, citation or recitation of any sort of um, pledge that would include God or sayings such as you know, e pluribus unum, in God we trust, which is on money. I mean, that issue's been raised before, and um, there are legal arguments to support why we have, in God we trust, on money. And so, uh, you know, the whole idea here of separation of church and state, you could go on and on, because any religion could take any religious dogma and twist it, into a way that makes sense, the same way we can do with the laws. I mean, that's what attorneys do. They take a statute or a law, and they look for ways to bend or manipulate that law to fit the set of facts that they are given in a particular case. And they make arguments using you know, other sections of cases or other rulings by courts to, to try to bolster their argument. And then ultimately the judge or jury decides, well, this argument's compelling, it makes sense, and here's the support, or it doesn't. So, you know, this is, is going to be a very limited discussion as we're not going to get into the entire, um, you know, ACLU fight or any of the other fights to ban religion from everything. But let's just look at Oklahoma. I think it's a very interesting legal argument and one that clearly needs to be addressed. And I think the simple solution is, instead of placing Goldman at the Capitol, to remove the Ten Commandments. I personally think that that's ultimately what's going to happen. Um, and I, I think that other states should probably look to Oklahoma and learn from this, because this just created litigation, Know, that was unnecessary. Time and effort and money has gone into dealing with this lawsuit. I mean, it's really silly when you get down to it. And I don't understand why anyone, you know, why this Capital Preservation Commission would approve in the first place the use of any religious symbol. It just it's a clear violation of, of the state's constitution forgetting the Establishment Clause. So it's very, very interesting. And uh, it's unfortunate that, that we did not hear from Lucian. I know that he has been busy lately in the media discussing this, um, and you know, there's very little we can do about it. But 
that's essentially the topic. And I'd like to, to hear from you know, our, our listeners as to what they think, even if you are religious. And again, I'll, I'll say that I am I'm not a saint, but I do have a faith, you know, and I, I do try to practice it. Um, and, and so perhaps in the Christian religion, right, you'd look at Satan as the antithesis of everything that you believe. But from a legal standpoint, what they're saying makes sense, and there should be no religious symbols or statues on government property unless all are fairly represented. So imagine next Christmas, you've got your menorah, you've got your Christmas tree in your local town, you've got your Kwanzaa thing, and then you've got Goatman. What do you think is going to happen in that town? Well, if I was the mayor of that town, I would probably suggest strongly that nobody be allowed to put any sort of religious symbol because, you know, it couldn't be offensive to many. And if you look at the, the principles of the Satanic Temple, which can be found at their website, um, you know, some of them are seemingly harmless. For example, one should strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason. Um, and it goes on and on. People are fallible. If we make a mistake, we should do our best to rectify it and resolve any harm that may be caused. So some of these things seem like, hey, they're okay. But there's nothing in here about let's sacrifice children or goats or, or whatever. Um, but it it does contradict Christian beliefs, and it, you know, it, it does contradict other religions as well. But their message, if you take it on its face, their message is not necessarily hateful at all. I mean, if you if you look at the site and forget that they're talking about Satan and the stigma of Satan, um, you look at their rules, and they are not aggressive. They are seemingly peaceful and believe in some of the same things that other religions believe in. Be good and good things will happen. You don't hurt other people, that sort of thing. But the idea of, of the satanic statue may still be very offensive to other religions or even non-religions. So the uh, topic's very interesting. We'll have to look and see what happens with this case. And uh, I think that in order to keep in line with the Constitution of both Oklahoma and with the U.S. Constitution, that we will see at some point the Ten Commandments come down or be moved somewhere else. Um, but it will be an interesting legal issue to look at. All right, that is all we're going to talk about today with respect to the freedom of religion and the satanic statue. Uh, I do want to mention a few other things, though. On Thursday this week, we have... Cord McCoy on the show who is um, probably best known for being on The Amazing Race. I believe he was on The Amazing Race three times, competed with his brother. He is a, uh, a cowboy, a rodeo cowboy, and a, um, a ranch owner. He's going to talk to us about perseverance and um, a lot of the lessons that we're going to, to learn from or can be applied to your personal life 
and in business as well. Uh, Court had some very, very serious injuries, and he fought back through them and has recovered, and he's going to talk to us about that. But the idea that we're going to hit on is how when things go wrong and things seem impossible to recover from, and apply it to a business uh, setting, if you would, how do you get by? How do you move forward? How do you face adversity, move forward, and become successful? And those lessons are not limited to discussions within the business world. These are lessons that we can learn from, from people like Cord because these are personal ways of looking at challenge. So there's no magic in the business. It's the magic in you. What makes people succeed? What makes some people face adversity and overcome it and rise above? Well, it's your own individual beliefs and the way that you look at things, not the business you're in, not the business world. It's you. It comes from within. So we're going to talk to him about that. And he's also going to be auctioning off or giving away, I should say, auction's not the right word, giving away an autographed cowboy hat. And the way that you can get the cowboy hat is to be the first person to post a question that is selected to be asked on air or the first person to call into the show to speak to court. Now, I'm going to give you the call-in number. It's 347-855-8831. That will be posted on the website and on our social media pages, as well as the rules to this giveaway. So, again, the rules are going to be as follows. The first person that either posts a question on our social media pages, that's Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+, and is asked on the air, or the first person to call in Thursday at 10 o'clock at 347-855-8831, that's Eastern Standard Time, you will win the autographed hat. The reason we're doing it this way is because, especially with respect to the written submission, if it's a question that's ridiculous, that's just meant to... Uh, Just be silly. We're not going to use that, obviously, on air. So it's got to be a legitimate question, and it's either going to be the first question received that we use on air or the first person that calls. Um, I believe there will be additional giveaways. We're working on that, and we'll have more information about that uh, later in the week, hopefully tomorrow, and um, we'll let you know what those are and how you can win those additional items as well as the cowboy hat. So make sure that you tune in and listen this Thursday, 10 o'clock Eastern, and speak to Cord. Uh, Go back, watch some reruns of The Amazing Race, come up with some questions that you want to ask him. Uh, He's going to be on for the full hour, and it's going to be very interesting. So please, I encourage you, get your questions in, call in during the show, and perhaps you will be the one to win the autographed Cord McCoy cowboy hat. All right, I also want to again remind you that after the audio portion of our show airs, which is uh, right after the show, it's it's available for download on iTunes, uh, we will be putting up a video portion of the show 
and that's available at our YouTube channel on our YouTube page, as well as all of the other episodes of Understanding the Law. And you can go to the YouTube page, you can subscribe, which I encourage everyone to do. We discuss a variety of legal and business topics every week, and some of the stuff is, is extremely interesting and very helpful, and uh, you, know, it, it, you don't want to miss it. A few weeks ago, we talked to Sue Collins about vaccination, and that's been a very, very popular show, um, very well-received, very good guest, and so that's something that we see a lot of downloads either on iTunes or through the YouTube channel. So subscribe. Go to the page, click the subscribe button, and you'll be notified when new videos post. Uh, we are at episode 56. We're closing in on episode 60. And before you know it, we'll be up there at 100. So it's a really good repository of topics and things that you can scan through and, and listen to, both about the law and about business. So please do that. And finally, I want to remind everyone again that we have an app available exclusively on the iTunes Store. It is for iPad and the iPhone, and the app is extremely useful. We've been getting a lot of uh, downloads and a lot of people using it, and we're very happy to see it. The special thing about this app is, well, first of all, it's free, and second of all, you are able to ask an attorney at, a, at our offices a legal question and receive an answer from a licensed attorney back directly through your iPhone and iPad. And why is this important? Well, if you look at statistics, people are online searching for answers to legal questions millions and millions of times per day. And unfortunately, there's a lot of incorrect information available on the Internet. Remember, just because it's on the Internet doesn't, doesn't mean it's true. Um, but it's a good way of getting an answer from a licensed attorney. You don't have to guess and wonder, is this right? Are they giving me the correct information? Now, you're getting information directly from attorneys. And why are we doing this? Why is it free? Well, it's free because it's part of our community outreach. It's part of our community service, if you will. We want to give back to the community, and we think that it's very important for people to understand the law. If you understand the law, just the same way that you, know, you want to be an educated consumer, that's why people read consumer reports, well, we want you to be educated in the law, understand what your rights are, understand what sort of resources and recourse you can either have or reach out to in the event you have a legal issue. We want you to understand what you can do on your own to save money instead of paying an attorney and what you shouldn't do on your own. And it's a very honest and straightforward approach. Uh, that's what our firm is based upon. I would rather see people save money on attorneys and go do something on their own if they can handle it than try to convince people that they need to hire a lawyer. And there are many times when somebody can go handle something pro se. Uh, there are other times, too, where it's just too complicated. But the point of this app is to educate people about their rights, to give them the opportunity to ask basic legal questions and get answers. In addition, it provides access to our full library of videos. It gives you the ability to listen live to Understanding the Law. 
and it contains other helpful information such as state statutes um, and statutes of limitations. Right now, New York and New Jersey, but it's expanding, and hopefully within a year, we will have the entire uh, country, all the statutes of limitation in every state posted on the app. So it's very helpful. So go to the iTunes store, search up Law Offices of Peter J. Lamont, and download the app for free today. All right, that's all we're going to have time for today. That's all we're going to do. Again, unfortunately, we did not get Lucian to call in, but I think we did a pretty good job of discussing the issues and, and touching on the topic. Uh, remember, tune in this Thursday, 10 o'clock Eastern Time, Cord McCoy. You know him from The Amazing Race. He'll be on for the hour. Don't forget, post your questions. If your question is the first question asked on air Thursday, you win the autographed cowboy hat. Call in, 347-855-8831. If you are the first caller and you beat the first question asker, you're going to get the hat. So we look forward to having you join us on Thursday, and we look forward to a great show with, uh, with Cord McCoy. So I'd like to thank you for joining me today, and I'd like to remind you that there's power in understanding the law.